Welcome. Today is a very special episode of our podcast because exactly one year ago, the Aqual Group, members and the co-presidents of the International Club of Rome and more than 100 investors launched the Investment Turnaround, this podcast's namesake. My name is Albert Bosazan, and today I'll be interviewing our usual host, Dr. Mariana Bosazan, about her work and how the investment turnaround came into being. Mariana is an integral investor who has found success by de-risking early-stage investments in high-tech using a model based on Ken Wilber's integral theory. She's also a full international member of the Club of Rome. Enjoy! I, uh, this is the first time, basically, I mean, I'm in all the podcasts, but we've never actually been in the same interview at the same time, because today I'll be interviewing you, so you can actually tell us what the investment turnaround is really all about, and about your journey um, to um, calling it out uh, exactly one year ago. So um, I would say we go back a few steps before you explain what the turnaround itself is, and talk about um, your work and what it actually is. So. Uh, the investment turnaround itself is very closely linked to um, integral theory and how you adopted the integral theory and incorporated in your, it in your own investment activities. So how did you do that um, and, and what brought you to doing that? Well, thank you. Thank you for having me in my own podcast. It was actually in 2001 at a Tony Robbins event that uh, we celebrated together in the desert of Morocco with Tony Robbins. It wasn't, it wasn't a, um, an event, actually. It was a, a trip that we did together with uh, other Platinum Partners. And uh, going back in, in history, the reason why we were there is uh, my husband and I, we had uh, had an, an exit. Uh, we had uh, the success in bringing the first internet service provider to the German stock exchange. So it was the first internet stock that was traded at the German market. And, and then all of a sudden we realized that uh, we were rather challenged in our own relationship, in our personal happiness. And as always in the past, when I went through such a personal growth period in my life, I contacted Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins' offices, and uh, we got a list of um, all of his seminars that he was actually having, and I saw one of them uh, was called Date with Destiny, so I contacted the office of Tony Robbins, and I said, wow, I want to participate in that, and they contacted me back and said, well, but you have to go to another one first to qualify and to get to learn his tools and so on, so we did, and a long story short, we ended up uh, joining the Platinum Partnership and uh, began traveling with Tony Robbins and other uh, friends around the world for a couple of years. And it was during the, this event in Morocco with Tony when he presented, it was late at night, when he presented uh, Integral Theory by Ken Wilber. And all of a sudden that opened up, the whole world opened up for me because that was actually what I was missing. So we were putting our lives on the line out there in service of humanity, trying to transform the investment world and do good in the world. And we have children that we sent to school. We had our foundation being very active. We did everything we could to have an impact. But then we didn't know how to integrate 
people with the planet and the profit aspects of, of our business. So, and Ken Will represented that for us, this, this model based on the true, the good, and the beautiful, the platonic values, which he then renamed Aqua, all quadrants, all levels, all lines, quadrants, because he extended the, the three values, uh, value chain of humanity, the true, the good, and the beautiful, the, to expand them, to include uh, the environment and the social part. And so that ended up being the foundation for the integral theory applied in investing. So that was basically not only the application within the business world and within the investment world where we're active, but also in our personal life because it includes personal development, evolution, not only as it looks from the outside, but also most, most importantly on the inside, how do you grow as a human being, not only cognitively, but also emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, in your interpersonal and intrapersonal uh, qualifications. That explains your uh, academic history as well. So you're yes. already going into psychology, which um, is uh, the next question I have. So how do you go from studying IT and computer science very early at the what is now the KIT in, in Karlsruhe and then going on to get a PhD in psychology. So the PhD was after your, your exit and the, the IT startup was successful and probably right around that time where you were getting interested in, in internal development. That's exactly right because we recognized very early on that our financial success in business, in investing, in the companies that we built was always going back to the people that we worked with and the kind of culture that we built in our companies. And it all hinged on the people. And I needed a model to help me explain and dig deeper because I'm a scientist, I'm a computer scientist. I studied artificial intelligence at the time when most people didn't even know what computer science was. It was I started studying in 79 and in German you say informatic uh, to computer science, people thought, oh, that's, that's journalism. <laughs> and yeah, that uh, was the interpretation. And not only that, that I, I got interested in artificial intelligence very early on and, and ended up writing my, my diploma thesis and working and going to Stanford and building expert systems on, on expert systems as part of AI on artificial intelligence. That was so interesting to me. And then moving forward, you know, building all these companies, all these, you know, AI applied in, in, uh, um, in computer science, we realized that we lacked a, the human component within our investment theory and thesis. And when I came across Ken Wilber's integral model and I learned about evolution and how that applies within the platonic values so to the good and the beautiful or arts, morals and science, I decided that I needed to dig deeper and identify better tools to apply them within the investment world. And of course, that, that was the decision to go get my PhD. And I studied then, you know, five years later, I got my PhD. And that was also the journey for me, the decision or the wish for me 
to meet Ken Wilber when I truly had the ability or had understood his work because um, it makes me so sad to see so many people that have heard of him but uh, very few of us really understand what he actually means. Yeah. So what you're saying is basically what turned into the investment turnaround itself was your own personal search for finding out how to measure investments beyond the financial aspect of the whole thing. Because if I think about investment, I mean, I'm, I'm studying, uh, well, economics and management, and uh, we learn that, you know, successful investment is something that returns profits to us. I mean, it's measured with a factor, you know, 10x, it would be just a fantastic investment. And that all these unicorns that are showing up, and we had bits, bits and pretzels last week here in Munich, um, which to their credit, they've started incorporating some more social aspects as well. I mean, they had the Me Too founder on stage. So... Uh, what made you decide you have enough knowledge, you know, um, you have some kind of theory of how to do that, that made you say, okay, now I'm going to build a company around this. And not only that, I'm going to call other investors as well and tell them, okay, we have to do this as a group. You know, what is the investment turnaround to you on the, on the biggest scale? Yeah. So first of all, we, I needed two legs to stand on. One is the scientific side, AI, computer science, and know-how how to build a company in a traditional sense and become successful in a financial sense. And then there is the second leg that includes the human nature and all the cultural aspects, the individual aspects, the team aspects. And with the foundation of my PhD, I had learned and came across and adopted tools from Stanford, Harvard, and MIT to help us, you know, scientifically build the, you know, use these tools to build these uh, the, the teams within the success. Actually, we had been successful before and we did have the human factor built in. We just did not have a scientific name for it. We did not use the scientific tools, you know, like LDMA or the sentence completion test, uh, test you know, by uh, Suzanne Kukreuter or, you know, all these tools that are we're currently using officially in, um, in um, companies that we're building. And yes, well, the... the, the Going backwards, I could say why we were successful with our investments to begin with. We just didn't have a name for it. And then I began, of course, uh, not only moving forward and, and building, you know, continuing uh, our investment efforts and, and being very successful with, uh, with, um, with that. But then I began writing about it because I thought that we needed to transform the way investments are done to integrate not only the financial sustainability, which I think it's extraordinarily important, just like people and the planet, you need financial sustainability in order to finance your endeavor, whatever it is, even if it's an NGO, you need financial sustainability for that. And then, you know, these tools have enabled us to build a platform based on which we could invoke the investment turnaround. And, we launched the investment turnaround last year. However, I have written a paper and a letter to Chancellor Merkel back in 2012 already, where I suggested um, the, you know, moving toward a more integral way of measuring success 
in addition, in requesting that we measure not only financial success, that is the current paradigm, but include environmental social governance criteria to the success criteria. Of course, I didn't get an answer. Um, there are many reasons for that, I'm sure. I don't take myself too, uh, too seriously. But the investment community is actually moving full tilt toward building these kind of companies, investing with these kind of measurements. That's, you know, as we did. And um, the need that we have now is to get the regulators, to get the financial systems, to get all the business businesses to adopt these kind of measurements in order to save ourselves. It's very simple. Why save ourselves? Why am I being so dramatic? Well, because that's what it is about. There are three major threats on our planet that um, go beyond um, the limits of a country. They're global. One is global climate change. The other one is exponential biotech, nanotech, and the threats associated with uh, uh, the artificial general intelligence that could become, you know, controlling over people. And of course, the nuclear threat that's been around uh, since the 1950s. So within this context, we really need to bring into people's awareness and to request from governments and from regulators to include the measurement criteria for, let's say, uh, the United Nations uh, Sustainable Development Goals to be included in the measure for success. Right now, one of the biggest problems why institutional investors cannot move in this direction, they would do, want to do that, is because they get measured by fiduciary responsibility only. They do have vis-a-vis -vis law and vis-a-vis -vis investor investors one measurement and that is the fiduciary responsibility so based on the this regulatory um, request they have designed their the way how they remunerate their employees how they entice people associated with these organizations to to work and it's all around money and excludes what they call externalities which are, you know, pollution and uh, the way they treat their employees and so on and so on. So within this movement that we launched last year together with the Club of Rome, we that's called Investment Turnaround, the Investment Vende in German, we are bringing to public's awareness the need for the investment community to really transform that. And it's actually occurring. There is an entire movement uh, that was originally started by a uh, um, Canadian bank um, in 1985, I think, where they decided to invest, to allow investors within, you know, people who brought their money to their, uh, to the bank, to invest with other criteria other than money in mind. And so out of that was um, later on through the Global Impact Investment Network that, by, uh, that was uh, started by the Rockefeller Foundation. There was an entire movement that uh, began around that. Not only this, but there is the United Nations Principles for Responsible Investing, uh, of whom we were the first family office 
uh, that uh, became a member. We later on had to go um, uh, away because they wanted us to open up with all of our uh, financial financials, which of course it's it's very hard for a family office to do. But uh, we still subscribe to them, and uh, we are part of the Tonic Network. Um, we had Charlie Kleisner being interviewed here too because uh, we are concerned investors who really care about changing the way our investments are being measured, our economics is being driven, and businesses are run. So that sounds like it's, there's, it's, it's not really an, an active resistance against what you're doing. It's slowly happening, and lots of investment firms are realizing this, or private investors as well. Um, would you say you've received some real criticism? Is there, is there a group that's actively going against the investment turnaround? Are there uh, people who are attacking you? Like, what, what, is, what is the biggest resistance, would you say, to the turnaround? There is no resistance whatsoever. This is actually something that um, is occurring uh, around the globe and is driven by many, many investors who have awakened to, to what needs to be done. No, there's no resistance. The opposite is the case. Not only this, because I early on I, I spoke with Ken, Ken Wilbur, the, the, the inventor, well, the philosopher, one of the smartest people's, people on this planet. And I walked in and I said, well, how can I really let it be known that you can actually make more money if you include people and the planet in the investments that you do rather than less because you reduce the investment risk mm -hmm. and you feel good. If, a, if an investment goes down the tubes, then you at least know you've done it with a good intention and it, it feels good. So yeah. you lost the money, mm -hmm. but you did. So, and, uh, and uh, he, he actually was very supportive and said, yeah, yeah, go ahead and talk about money. It's, uh, I know you don't, it's not what, you, what drives you, but that's what probably would attract the people to open up to be able to move from, um, from, a for-profit-only view of the world toward sustainability, toward um, green movement, toward more joy and happiness, actually. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that, of course, divulging the returns that we have, which is multiple, uh, we are extremely successful financially, that attracted investors who got curious and contacted us because I published a lot in various uh, reputable uh, peer-reviewed publications, spoke on various conferences and so on. People approached me and said, well, how do you do that? Let me know. What, what secret sauce do you have? And the, uh, there's no secret sauce. It's just open up to the people that you are working with, in which you are investing, and allow them to bloom, to grow to wake up, to grow up, to show up, and to clean up. And, um, and that's what's basically helped us nine years later, or um, actually nine years, actually since 2001, to reach a, a tipping point where there's a, a whole movement around this. That's fantastic to hear because I would say if I went into the perspective of a traditional investor or, you know, some of those basically almost cliche German Vorstände, like the boss of a big company, like RWE, for example, it's in the news right now, um, I would be thinking, well, sure, there's always these green criteria, but 
if I go in that direction, I'm actively moving away from making a profit, which is, it seems to me, what they think. And that's why they destroy forests and are supported by politicians who think, you know, profit only. Um, we had a, a politician just last week who said publicly, you know, it's impossible to get a big project done in Germany anymore. And first I thought, oh great, he's talking about the, the airport in Berlin. What he was talking about instead is that some hippies, for very good reasons, have gone up in the trees to prevent an energy company from, from um, massive, tragic deforestation of a forest that's, I think, 10,000 years old. Um, so that's horrifying to hear from, from leaders um, who you could probably pick up with an argument like that. You don't need to even need to change minds into a more green direction. Um, at least at first, you can even attract people who are only profit interested with criteria that um, also include the others, but make them even richer, even more wealthy. Um, so I, I absolutely also believe that that's the case. But And, and there is yeah. another thing that I usually, I'm <clears throat> along the lines of hippies, mm -hmm. what I usually ask people is like, do you really hate your children <laughs> or your grandchildren? Because they need to find an answer to that. Those guys who want to cut down those trees, they must hate their kids. Mm -hmm. Because this is such a short-term view. Everybody knows that we're moving away from uh, brown coals or from, you know, from uh, fossil fuels to, uh, to uh, renewable energies. It's a fact. It's yeah. a fact. It's a given. It's only a matter of a couple of years, not even a decade. So, and the technology is there, the 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 cars are there, the batteries are there, you know, you only, I mean, why do you have to go to Mazdar City, uh, Abu Dhabi, and, and see how they, you know, they actually should have all the interest to sell their, their uh, um, petroleum and oil. No, they're building sustainable cities because they have the foresight to show, to, to build a case and show us, the West, how we can do it better. And, you know, they managed to lower the temperatures through the construction cost, for instance, in Mazdar. From, uh, in, in, in Abu Dhabi, the, the regular temperature in September, for instance, is 39 degrees. And in the middle of, you know, in the desert where they built uh, Mazdar city is only 33 degrees. Just because they built the, the, the traffic under the city, they use electro, uh, electric cars, and the, they use the old ancient architecture. Of, uh, that the Arabs had used for, for, for um, hundreds of years. So there are the technologies there, everything is there. So we just need to, to want it and look beyond, um, even beyond existing contracts, because obviously, you know, that's what they say. You know, we have a contract, we have the right to tear down this wood, the forest, and so we do it. It's just stupid. Well, they've given up. Um, the forest by now and say um, they just have accepted the financial damage. Of course, they also only measured the financial damage as yes. it was expected. For the next three years, their stocks have dropped and they just sort of gave up instead of grabbing one of the many, many other options that would bring the sides together and, and make some renewable energy, but no. Uh, so you spoke briefly about some successful investments that are, you know, have major factors of, of, of profit. Um, but also are um, being done under your under integral theory and as part of the investment turnaround. So, so what's coming up in the in the next year, for example, for you? Yeah. So, again, we are technologists. Our 
there's two computer scientists and an electrical engineer in our multifamily office. And of course, the way we invest is always associated with technology on one hand. On the other hand, it is our goal to really have a huge impact with respect to climate change, to contribute to reducing that in a significant sense, and also in integrate people, planet, and profit, of course, with passion and purpose, because we want to have fun. And so in looking for a way to reduce CO2 emissions, we realized that on one hand, you have construction that emits, it's like, I think, 25 to 30 percent of CO2 emissions worldwide come, come, comes from construction. On the other hand, you see all these data centers that are currently being built, they're mushrooming. I mean, everyone and their brother builds a data center, of course, because of the exponential tech that is coming and biotech and nanotech and AI and all of that. And so we looked for a way, how can we actually have a contribution in this field? And uh, lo and behold, we came across a technology that is a, a patented technology that uses water instead of air for cooling. And wow, and then we thought, my God, that's how you can really, really aggregate a lot of capital to show how you can move a lot of capital toward integral investing, you know, for the good of the people and the planet, and also have a good impact and reduce carbon emission. And so we kind of combined these two and um, have now Several other family offices have joined us in this effort, among them the Nixto family office. And we're building sustainable data centers that reduce, whereby we reduce construction costs by 50% per construction. Um, not only this, we, uh, the maintenance cost is reduced because of the less uh, need for, for energy. And also, we're currently looking at, at building these data centers in areas where the energy um, that is being used to, to run them it comes from uh, renewable sources like water, hydro, uh, hydropower, and so on. So for us, this is a, um, a beautiful example on how you as an investor can look for ways to combine both technology or whatever you're interested in, where your capabilities lie, with um, CO2 emissions, for instance, in, in uh, real estate. Another um, example that uh, is also close to our heart is uh, the a movie uh, Great, where yeah. mm -hmm. uh, the uh, Jim Button and, and Luke the Engine Luke Driver, the engine yeah. driver uh, which actually implements for us, I think it's UNSTG I'm not uh, 16 or something, it's about peace and harmony and um, bringing people together around the planet. I, we believe, because it's fun, we believe that um, investing in uh, movies with a message uh, is extremely powerful. Um, it brings peace and it makes people feel good and look forward into a future. We are explorers. We cannot uh, stop being explorers just because we have conquered every single part of the world. And uh, it's just we human nature, and we that, haven't. But. but you know, yes, there is limits to growth, as uh, as is the, the first um, uh, report to the Club of Rome, 
was entitled back then in 1972, but there is no limit to human ingenuity and personal development. So we want to open the, the door for this positive way of looking at the world and for empowering people to become more creative and more innovative to save ourselves because this is clearly what we need to do at this day and ages. We are in, in deep danger and uh, as you know the latest IPCC report that just came out I think two days ago it's actually uh, showing a bleaker f uh, future than we had ever anticipated. Yeah. But, you know, telling people more of the same, how, uh, how, uh, how big the danger is that we're uh, running toward, it's not going to save us. I think what's going to save us is uh, the capability we all have to contribute to, uh, you know, addressing the, the problems that we have. Another thing that um, we also deeply care about is... Uh, helping people in disaster areas. That's why we invested in uh, Surgitent. Tent. It's a mini tent that uh, can be dropped from the air in disaster areas where uh, local doctors on the ground can perform um, uh, safe surgeries and that, you know, help people. That's, uh, so that's, these are a few examples for you um, about what we care. I mean, having been directly involved, the movie ended up being one of the biggest hits in Germany this year. It was top top one for several weeks, so that worked out very much. I mean, at least the message has gone out, and the box office receipts are still standing out. So, um, it it looks like it's going to be very successful. And as far as I I'm I'm I I'm informed, I think there is this other isn't isn't China involved? So it's going to become that's a right. bigger movie. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's going to go uh, uh, worldwide. So that's mm -hmm. that's actually um, a beautiful example of how you could uh, really have an impact and um, and be financially sustainable. So all these examples of investments you've stated um, go in, in vastly different industries. You have the data centers, the NDC data centers with the Nixdorf family office behind it, which for those who don't know, um, the Nixdorf family built German computer history and now they're involved in the next step. Then a Surgitent, which is um, medical, and a movie, which sounds like a completely different investment. Uh, so, at first they sound like they have nothing in common. What criteria do you use to compare vastly different projects like these? Well, first of all, we want to have fun doing what we do. Because if you don't enjoy ourselves, uh, yourself doing what you do, then you better don't do it because life's too short. And uh, so, this is the most important thing. Then, the next thing is, of course, you enjoy yourself when you do something that you know and you understand. So from our perspective, we do understand technology. That's why the Nixdorf data center, the NDC data center with the Nixdorf family office, then uh, a surgery tent because we have, um, have a history in investing in medical devices. So we've learned quite a bit and we are open to people who are going to tell us, you know, we invest with other people who have the know-how even in, in the, you know, the medical industry, which we don't. And of course, media, because media is, is actually key in the future of humanity. As we all know, we're going to move, we are moving toward uh, uh, virtual everything. And uh, so having an impact on how these products that people are going to watch are being created with what kind of message they occur and what is the impact within the people's souls and hearts is extremely important. So now 
and these are just a few examples. We could go on forever, uh, not forever, but quite uh, for a long time in, in other areas that we have invested in. But I think what these have in common is our way of building the value chain, how we create the value chain. And that is different from traditional investors, uh, particularly venture capital or traditional business angels, in that we have five steps of de-risking or of building our... So we do the, the screening using Ken Wilber's integral model, which is always the lens through which we look at the world. Then we do the, the due diligence, which I'm going to go later on into the into the uh, the details as to what the due diligence steps contain. Then, when we decide to issue a term sheet, in if we find the investment interesting and issue a term sheet, then we go into the next step of you know creating all the the contracts and legal stuff and so on. But then the work continues. It doesn't stop like in most venture capital uh, firms where they are at times forbidden by law to get involved with the company. We actually have allocate at minimum of 3% of the investment amount to team development and helping people to become successful up to the exit. Of course, we are interested in exit, but we are patient investors. We're not short-term investors. We don't have anything against money or a quick exit, but, uh, but we, we don't depend on it. So the most important aspect in this value chain creation is also to help the people, the team, become successful. So we help people achieve higher levels of personal development. And because we have, from experience, we've learned, we've now been investing, uh, investors for 27 years. And there's one thing that successful companies have in common, are the teams. So you can give them a different product to develop, a different company to develop. They will always be successful if the team is right. So this is the most important aspect, the interior aspect, team and individuals. Then let me go back to the due diligence process uh, which uh, and give you a, a few highlights on how that occurs. Well, we have five steps there. In the first step, we invest just like every, we do the due diligence just like everyone else would. You know, we look at the business plan, the sales, uh, the technology, just like every traditional business angel venture capital early stage investor would. But then that only begins, you know, our de-risking process only starts there. We go into the next step that looks at the sustainability aspect. And in there, we look for the sustainability criteria, which are outlined, for instance, by the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals or UNPRI with the Environmental Social Governance Criteria. And we see how those apply to the particular deal that we're looking at. The way we try to assess that is we work with B Corp, with a B Corporation, where we send the company to uh, go through a test. Um, and they get an assessment by B Corp based on which their sustainability aspects are being assessed and you know, overall assessment as a B Corporation. So that they know then, the company that we're, the investee knows 
way where they stand. And that is the foundation of what we call some kind of a social contract. Uh, that we it's an agreement between us and them oh this is how you want to to go forward this is what you want to measure uh, do you agree is this okay um, the most important aspect is that that people understand is it's not us versus them in our view everyone is an investor and the entrepreneur the entrepreneur's team is a much bigger investor than we are because they are going to you know go late to bed at night and get up in the morning early to implement their dream not us we're just you know accompanying friends and uh, you know supporters so and this is what creates this wonderful relationship be between us so Go, let me repeat. So step one is traditional uh, due diligence, um, financial sales, marketing, and so on. Um, IP, intellectual property. Number Step number two is the environmental social governance criteria, the sustainability aspects that we measure through B Corp. And then we go in step into step uh, three, where we look at individual um, team members. And... And this is something that we do with ourselves. It, it, it helps us see the strengths and weaknesses of each individual so that we know and they know what needs to be developed. You know, and what kind of support do they require and need to grow where they want to grow? Because we all want to grow. It's human nature. You either, first law of nature, you either grow or you die. So doing these kind of tests, and it's, this is something, of course, that is uh, most, it's between uh, the assessor and the, the individual. We don't even look at that. It's just something that once we decide to invest, it's going to be continued. So they get a coach on the side and so on. So that's the individual assess assessment, uh, step three. And number four, we look at the team and how the team works together. And of course, for all of these assessments, we have tools, um, a whole bunch of tools. LDMA was one that I uh, talked about in the 360 assessment. We have a sentence completion test. There are many, many tests. It depends on the team and on our experts that do the tests, you know, to pick the tests that um, are best suited for this particular endeavor. And then in step five, we make our final assessment and decide to invest. And of course, all this we do with ourselves. And uh, once a year or twice a year, we go to offsite meetings with our portfolio companies and, and meditate together and have fun together and so on. So these are the, the, the value chain creation as to how we see this from the top down, how we from investment to exit, and also how we perform the due diligence, the five steps thereof. And of course, the, um, the team assessment tests are done with uh, Dr. Barrett Brown. Always, or I mean, he's been interviewed. That's why I mentioned him. So he's yes. there's also a podcast with him. Absolutely, uh, Barrett is um, Barrett, and I have uh, are both uh, integral thinkers, and uh, he is he is the industry's best, and we're very lucky to have him find our work interesting enough that he is willing to come all the way from California and perform the work that uh, needs to occur. Yeah. He is one of them, yes. Mm -hmm. How long does a process like that take? I mean, you go through the whole team and, and how, how do I need to imagine this? Is it like a job interview or? No, it's not a job. <laughs> That's what it's no, sounding like. So. No, it's not a job interview. What it is, is uh, basically there are 
online tools. These tools are mostly online. So let's say we would invest in you. You would uh, get a link from Barrett where you would go to the website of um, LDMA, let's say, the Leadership Development and Management. I don't quite recall <laughs> what the abbreviation stands for, but so you would go there, you would go through the steps and um, you would write a certain text to a certain topic and then the it's a cognitive emotional assessment of, of you as, as a human being and then you would get the, the report from Barrett and Barrett would take you through and explain to you what the status is, you know, where you are, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are and he will present you with a plan if you, you know, if you want to continue, you know, the coaching to grow to the next level of consciousness, then uh, it's up to you to Okay, so it's, it's not it's not passive. So you don't just look at what where a person is and then stop it there. You you also offer them to to go through a coaching. Well, but that's the whole point. Yeah. The point mm -hmm. is not to say, well, this is good, this is bad. The point is to see where people are at and how each individual can be developed mm -hmm. to his or her highest levels of consciousness and and human potential. The, that's what life is about. Mm -hmm. You know whether we do it in a in a um, in a in a process that is sustained by an expert or haphazardly through yoga sessions uh, and you know whatever we do individually like brushing teeth, uh, that's that's the that's the difference. In our case, when we decide to invest, then we decide to invest most of all in the people uh, who are basically uh, the key to making the company successful. Sure, yeah. And I mean, not developing is also a choice. That's also development. Exactly, exactly. Which, Which of course is easy. Yeah. And see, the, the reason why we have adopted the integral model has to do with the fact that in the... I mean, you know what it means to start a company. I mean, the last thing you do is to sit up and meditate or do a, a psychological assessment or go through a coach, coaching session because, you, oh my God, no, I need to pay the bill. I need to, uh, you know, uh, order, you know, look for an office space. I need to buy a desk. I need all these day-to-day -day things, which of course detract you from who you really are and why you're really doing this and for doing the best you can um, in, in, in your core competency. So in order to guide this process, we have, you're offer, offering this uh, system. Mm -hmm. I see. It, because everyone wins. Yeah. We could talk for hours about this, I'm sure. This would be a fantastic uh, different interview. Um, but uh, to get to the investment turnaround in itself, I mean, it's been one year since you called it out at the event with the Club of Rome together and the, the investors. Um, how does it, first of all, help me as a normal normal citizen, uh, not being an investor? And second, uh, how can I support it if I am not an investor? Well, again, I believe that everyone is an investor. I think this is the most important thing. As an investor, it is crucial that we learn to make every single investment a sustainable an impact investment and the investment turnaround set out to get rid of the myth that there aren't enough impact investments 
that there isn't enough resources to um, add people and the planet to the financial uh, measurement of success. That's BS. That's not true. As I explained to you in the case of the data centers, every single investment can be made an impact investment if you are willing to add the measurement criteria to the bottom line. And in our case, for instance, in the NDC, we measure UN SDG, sorry for the abbreviations, United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, number seven, number eight, number nine, I think, and indirectly 10 and 12. So for investors, every investment is an impact investment if you're willing to make it to one which means if you're willing to integrate to your for-profit only measurement criteria, that is the traditional one, to add people and the planet factors, and you could pick your whatever standard it is, or quasi-standard, and, and mark it down. This and this and this is what I'm gonna measure, and this is what I'm going to make sure that gets achieved. So getting rid of the myths that there aren't in enough investment uh, measurements, that it is too difficult. Well, life is difficult. Of course it is difficult, but we don't have a choice. If we don't hate our children, if we actually love our children, then we better go way out of our way to really do the best we can to contribute, every single one of us. So the investment turnaround is basically the call to regulators businesses, economists, to the entire economic system that we've built in the West and actually expanding to developing countries to move away from for-profit-only measurements to include people, planet, and profit uh, criteria. And we add to that uh, passion and purpose. And that's why we have the six Ps. Six being the parity which stands for equality between people, planet, profit, with passion and purpose. Because if you don't have fun with what you do, you will never do it. It's just like forcing somebody to take a medication if they don't want to do it because they're not motivated because they want to die. So the question is, we don't want to die. <laughs> we want to be alive and we're very much alive. And uh, for those of... Um, for non-investors, I believe that they are probably much more mo motivated than investors in this case because it is astonishing how common sense, um, how much common sense people have, and how much people care about um, each other. I remember I grew up in communist Romania, as you know, and um, I remember this song. I, I think it was staying because. Uh, I grew up basically being indoctrinated to hate the Russians because uh, they did so much damage to uh, Romania. And, you know, we were starving uh, because of the uh, autocratic regime and communism and so on. And then I came across the song by Sting uh, where he says, the Russians love their children too. And I think most of us, most, you know, most of us love our children and love to have a normal life and are willing to do whatever we can to make the world a better place. And this is what investment turnaround stands for. It's just an investor's call to much more common sense. I guess that's what it is. And it should be easy. It's not difficult once we decide to, to do it. Yeah. So investors take a look at your bottom line and how you measure it. 
and non-investors, your investors too, go and uh, <laughs> register to vote, I guess. And, uh, exactly. Yeah. And, and talk to your, exactly, talk to your um, representative yeah. and tell him to, uh, you know, to make sure that the measurement for success goes beyond for money only. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, you cannot breathe, drink, or eat money. It's just as simple as that. So money is just a symbol, is a story, is a myth that we have adopted and take too seriously. Yeah, and if there's nothing left behind it, then what do we do? Yeah, we, can't, exactly. we can't eat it. Yeah. Exactly. So aside from this podcast, which comes out every two weeks, or in the case of this episode, um, more often, this is going to be coming out exactly on the 16th, one year after um, you called the investment turnaround. Uh, where can I learn more about your work and how do I stay in touch? Going to um, Aqual minus ag.com is our website i have a twitter feed mariana bosazan and get in touch with my office is simple mm -hmm. and i always appreciate people getting in touch with us and joining us and coming to the conferences where i speak and coming up to me and you know, it's only through people like you, listeners, that we can change the world. And the more of us, the better. Great. Thank you so much. And I hope um, we have a talk like this very soon again, because I think there's a lot more to unpack. And having you on the other side of the microphone is just as fascinating as every guest you have on here. So um, I hope to hear you soon and at the latest in the next episode. Thank you so much for having me. We hope you enjoyed this special anniversary podcast episode. To find out more about Dr. Bosazan and how to get involved with the investment turnaround, visit investment-turnaround.com. Hear you next time. <laughs>